Would you turn, please, to the book of Proverbs this morning, the end of the book, Proverbs 31. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, would you hold up your hand? Our ushers are here in the aisles now with Bibles. We'd be glad to uh, loan you one. Maybe you got three or four at home, but you didn't bring one. Use one of ours. Make the effort. Take the time. Turn. Find Proverbs 31. If you're, uh, this is your first time with us uh, this morning, either here or by uh, TV or Internet, we, we welcome you again. And as you might find out, we're very serious about church and God. We don't play games. We don't mince words. And uh, we don't care for religion and tradition. We're serious about knowing God in reality. Right? And not just talking a good game, but doing it. Right? You know, what, what does it matter what you come and talk and carry on about if you don't go leave church and go do it? You know, why talk about it if you're not going to live it? You know, don't play with it. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, g- give me... An honest sinner, any time, over a hypocrite Christian. I don't know if you know what I mean by that or not. You know, religious people are some of the meanest people in the world. They will, they will stab you in the back, and they'll kick you while you're down, and give you three scriptures why it's okay for them to do it. And, and I've tried to help people before that were, you know, supposed to be coming for help. Christians I'm talking about. And, and they're wrong. And they're living wrong and doing wrong. And you try to talk to them. And they try to give you all these spiritual reasons why it's so hard for them. And they can't. And, you know, it's mystical. And it's complicated. And they don't know. Now, give me a man that will look me in the eye and say, yeah, I'm a sinner. What about it? <laughs> At least you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Right? Right? God can deal with honesty. The other stuff he can't deal with. Right? So what do you mean by that? Well, the scripture says he will, he won't regard the prayer of someone who's hypocritical and deceptive. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now that comes across like that. The least bit of falseness is like a wall between you and God. Because you can't fool him. He, he can see right through everything and see right into your heart. He knows. So you might as well just come and bear your heart and be as honest as you can possibly be and know, and then you can get somewhere. Amen. You know, the proverb said that if you, uh, if you cover your sin, uh, then you, you'll be destroyed. But if you'll confess it and forsake it, you'll get mercy. So don't try to cover. Come before God and lay your heart bare and ask for mercy, and you'll get it. You'll get help. Proverbs 31, today is Mother's Day, and uh, I wouldn't teach and talk about mother, even on Mother's Day, unless I felt I should, right? And there's been times I've done something different, but uh, it is right to honor mother. It is right, and also to honor father, and Father's Day is coming. But today is Mother's Day. 
Proverbs 31 is a well-known passage referring to the godly and virtuous woman and wife and mother. And I want us to read it and think about it and talk about it some. We're talking about mother today. We're not just talking about uh, biological mother. We're talking about our legal mother. We're talking about godly mother. Godly woman, godly mother, which every believing woman should aspire to be. And this passage describes it. In fact, I want to read the whole thing. Verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. That who taught him? Can your mother teach you anything? Even if you're the king? Yep. Listen to your mama. You know, we uh, somebody was asking me about the uh, the motorcycle ride, and I said, "Well, what what do we call it?" And I said, "Well, the last two years it's been on Mother's Day. Not that we necessarily planned it that way, but uh, I guess it's a Mother's Day run." <laughs> well, then what 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 are y'all gonna call yourself? Well, I guess we'd have to be the Mama's Boys gang. <laughs> Now, see, you got to be secure in your manhood to wear a mama's boy's patch. <laughs> now, that's not official. That's just something we've talked about. So, yeah, you've heard of all the outlaw biker gangs. Well, we're the other guys. We... We the mama's boys gang. We have a Mother's Day run. <laughs> well, I say that because, you know, so many guys, they get a bike and they buy some leathers and now they're tough. <laughs> now nah, you're the same guy but you were before you put the leathers on. <laughs> Having a bike with wheels and a motor don't make you tough. Don't make you a man. If you're not a man before you threw your leg over the bike, then you won't be one after. So <laughs> let's move along. <laughs> I'll probably hear about that again, one of that. Don't send me any patches about mama's boys. <laughs> Too late. Ah. <clears throat> We're talking about mother. Huh? <laughs> Watch out. Now I was about to defend you and then you're going to. Okay, well, just forget it then, huh? Can you learn anything from your mother? Even if you're a king? Yeah. His mother taught him and his good counsel. Now, remember, we're not just talking about biological mother. What are we talking about? Godly mother. That's what this this passage talks about. 
godly mother. And he said, she said, what, my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not your, let me just stop right there, son of my vows. Uh, So many times people don't realize how their life has been shapen and uh, affected by their mother's prayers. In times they didn't even know it, and sometimes the mothers hadn't even thought that much about it. But uh, there have been, even in carrying the child, and the child being uh, a few months old and a year and two and what have you, there were times when the enemy has tried to steal children and destroy children. And mothers and daddies too, but mothers have prayed earnestly and, and sincerely, and she and vows have to do with commitments. You know, Lord, I'm asking, I'm asking you to heal my baby. I'm asking you to do this. And Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you and I'll raise him up to know you and, and things like that. That's what she's saying. You're the son of my vows. That God heard and answered prayer and, and we did what we told him we were going to do. You know, uh, there's a thing called foxhole religion. Anybody know what that is? Soldiers know. It comes from a soldier being in a foxhole under fire, and it looks like they're not coming out of there. They're not going to make it through it. And they might have been drunk and, and, and sinning the, the night before and couldn't care less about God, but right now, that's all that's on their mind is eternity and death and bullets buzzing over their head. And there have been many a man and woman too in those kind of situations that said, Oh God, if you'll get me out of here, If you'll get me out of here, I promise you, I'll I'll serve you. I'll give my life to you. I'll live right. And how many times that the Lord did? He spared them. And they came out and came home. But also, sadly, how many times that man or woman completely forgot about that prayer? Right? And when they got past the danger, it was, you know, right back to the old ways and forget God and don't need him and I'm going to run my own life. Well, that's one of the biggest mistakes a human being ever made. And so the same thing is true when God comes through for you. Now, don't, don't try to make a deal with God. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. No, no. He does something for you. It will not be because you bought it. It's because Jesus bought it and paid for it. But... When you know that something is expected of you from him and he's told you to do something and you know what you should do and you commit that you will do it, how many know you should follow through with your commitment? You should do what you told the Lord you would do in your hour of crisis and need. Because it could go really ill with you if you don't. And it won't be because God's trying to punish you. It just means you go away from his protection and away from his plan and outside his will is a lot of bad stuff. It's kind of like getting off on the wrong road. You take a wrong turn, get on the wrong road, you're going to go through places you would not have gone through had you been on the right road. Right? I know. Uh, the first meeting we ever went on, Phyllis is already smiling. She knows what I'm talking First meeting we ever, I, I graduated Rama, and we thought, hey, we're not wasting any time. I mean, the day, the moment we graduate. The next day, we're going to head out for a meeting, and we had something set up in a little Holiday Inn ballroom, uh, two or three states away, and we got in the car, and away we went. 
Had just about enough money to get there. And so we got there and we held the meeting and man, the Lord did miracles. And we came back and we're driving back, just had about enough gas to get home after all the offerings. And, uh, and, and we paid the bills. But we're coming in and I'm, I'm tired and I had already spoken that morning as well as the, the previous times and I, and, and I told Phyllis I'm gonna take a, a snooze. So I, I laid down the, and, and, and Phyllis is driving and next thing I know I hear her, uh, you know, making some, uh, sounds and I, and I look, look up and she's disturbed and, uh, we're in a very, very bad part of a big city. Huh? She was crying. I wasn't gonna say that. But she was crying, and she was a little upset, and she said, I don't know where we are. And I, I looked up, and I said, well, uh, don't stop. <laughs> Just keep keep moving, because you don't want to stop right here, right now. <laughs> and uh, so we did. <clears throat> and uh, to her credit, they had really done some confusing stuff with the roads because of construction, and it funneled us to a wrong place. And... And anyway, we were there. That we had no reason to be there. The, the Lord was with us and we didn't have any problems. But that's so many times why people have problems is they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because they got on the wrong road. Well, in life, if you stay on God's path for you, you go through the right places at the right time. And the right things happen to you and for you. And what is really annoying is that, you know, a lot of people, they leave the path God has for them. They go their own way and they go through all kind of stuff that's bad and bad things happen to them. And then they try to blame it on God and say, well, you know, God's doing all this and I don't know why. No, you got off the path. Are you with me now? Don't blame it on God. You got off the path, so you're going through things you shouldn't be going through, and things are happening to you that shouldn't be happening to you if you're in the perfect will of God. To say that everything that has happened in your life is the perfect will of God is really equal for you saying you have never done anything in your life except the perfect will of God. Are you with me? So that explains some things, right? Why people experience some things that they shouldn't. They get off the path, go down the wrong road, go through some, you know, places they shouldn't be going through. He said, uh, verse 3, his mama is telling him, Don't give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine and princes strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. So she's given him counsel what to do and what not to do. Said uh, verse 9, open your mouth. Well, verse 8, open your mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. You know, one big reason (coughs) why you ought not get drunk. Why you ought not do drugs is that most people are barely making it with all their faculties. (laughs) Right? 
she's telling him, don't, don't drink and get drunk. And you're, you're the king. You're supposed to be making judgments for people. You gotta be sharp. You gotta have, you gotta be at yourself and aware. And, um, so many things have happened because people got high, they got stoned, they got drunk, and they, they barely had enough judgment to make good decisions, uh, when they weren't in that condition. And so that's all it needed to push them on the other, other side. And they just did some ignorant, stupid things. And some of them are not with us anymore because of it. Right? No, you, you not only need to be sober, uh, you need to believe God to get sharper. And not let anything affect you or impair your judgment. And that's just opening the door to let him come in to confuse you and cloud you through these, these drugs and these substances. Now in... Um, Keep, keep reading here. He goes on to begin to talk about, after describing this king's mother, instructing him and helping him, goes on to talk about the virtuous woman. He said, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Now, if you read this coupled with the passages in Ecclesiastes, you'll see that he talks about the, a lot of women that were not virtuous. And that's what he says. That's why we keep saying, you know, we're not just talking about just someone who's a woman. This is a godly woman. Right? And all Christian women can be and should be godly women and godly wives and godly mothers, just like all men can be and should be godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers. And he said, this kind of woman, this, this God, it's not only uh, the writer here and the Holy Ghost through him, you know, the Bible said God himself said that a woman that was of a meek and quiet spirit was of great price, prize and price to him personally. Right. He holds that God who, who's made all creation says this is a very precious, valuable thing it, it is the, uh, the godly woman. He said her price is far above rubies. What kind of price tag could you put on a mama, a godly mother? Ain't enough money in the world, right? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. One of the, one of the greatest qualities about a godly woman or man either is that they are not a liar. You can trust them. If they say they're going to be somewhere, that's where they are. If they say that's what they did, that's what they did. Relationships are built on trust. It takes time to build trust. How many understand how important this is? You know I can get stirred up about this, don't you? (laughs) It is such a huge, huge deal. So I said, you know, I've heard people say, well, so-and-so, man, they're, they're good. It's a good man, but you have to watch him. He'll lie to you. Well, he's not a good man. Well, she's, you know, she's a good, good mama, but she'll lie to you. Sorry. Can't work that way. One of the, you know, the Bible talks about, remember the different kinds of ground uh, that the seed was sown into? The wayside and, and the stony and the thorny and the good ground. Remember the description of the good ground? It said the good ground is they in which a, a true and honest heart. Honest heart. 
They receive it and they bring forth fruit with patience. So what is good ground? He's talking about people. A big part of it is honesty. Being being true. Sincere. Genuine. No fakeness. No falseness. You do know we live in a world full of falseness. Well, you and I are to be beacons and witnesses in the middle of this that we are not false. We are genuine and true. Said out loud, I'm not a liar. I won't lie for anybody. You shouldn't lie for anybody for any reason. There is, there is no justifiable lie. Now, the reason I say this like this because there's so many people don't believe this. They say, well, you know, a little white lie, a little white lie sometimes, you know, is, is good because it keeps from hurting people. That is a huge deception. Well, I love them too much to tell them the truth. That's a lie. No. Now, I know this may sound strange to you, but I'm going to say this. I love the truth more than anything or anybody, period. I said, I thought you were supposed to love the Lord. That's what I said. He is the way, the truth, the life, the light. I thought you were supposed to love the Word. That's what I said. It is called the Word of truth. Thought you're supposed to love the Holy Spirit. That's what I just said. He's called the Spirit of truth. You should be willing to die before you tell a lie. That is inseparable from your witness uh, for Jesus. And the reason I say it is because we live in a society that will just lie to you for no reason. Our society is permeated with lies. And I've had preachers look me in the eye and just lie to me. Well, there's probably hardly a person in the room that hadn't told a lie sometime in the past. But that's past. I said, that's past. Today's a new day. Make up your mind. I'm a Christian. I love God. God is truth. The Word is truth. The Spirit is truth. Jesus is truth. So I'm going to be a person of truth. From this day on, no more lying. No more deceiving. If it costs me, it costs me. But I'm going to tell the truth. Right? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her. If he asked how much does that cost? She's going to look him in the eye and tell him. <laughs> you should see some of the looks I'm getting across. This. A lie is a lie. Right? Her, her husband, you know, there may be a lot of things he has to deal with, but this is not one of them. He knows if his wife tells him something, that is how, how it is. To the best of her knowledge, that's how it is. He knows he can trust her. He knows she is not going to lie to him. If she says this is where she was, then that's where she was. If she says it's what she was doing, that's what she was doing. Right? 
If you don't have that, then you don't have the necessary foundation to build a relationship on. And you're just going to grow further and further apart and nothing and nobody can fix it for you. Are you with me now? Now, I know, I know that people say, oh, come on now, preacher. Everybody lies sometimes. No, you don't know everybody. Let me tell you one who never told a lie ever. Jesus. And he did it as a man. He's our example. Right? And we've already talked about it. We've missed it in these areas, but we don't have to miss it. It is possible that you could from this day forward never tell another lie again. As long as you live, it is possible by the grace of God. So say it out loud again, I'm not a liar. I don't lie. I, don't lie. I, tell the truth. I tell the truth all the time, all the time. No, matter what. no matter what. You see, as a believer, a committed believer, you only got two choices. <clears throat> you either don't talk about it or you tell the truth. That's all you got. You might say, well, I'd rather not talk about that right now. I don't want to get into that. But if you answer, it must be accurate. Eric's you're, you're not a person of integrity. You're not a good person. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. How many know, know what, what a consolation that is? Husband or wife. Friend, whoever, that you know, that you know, ain't no way they're lying to me. You don't have to question it. You, you can just get used to it. As the years go by, it's one of the most wonderful things. You know, Phyllis and I have talked about this. You know, in the first several years of our marriage, we had some trouble and we had a lot of bumps. But thank God the Lord helped us through it. And now for years now, I never, uh, I, don't, I don't follow her around. I don't listen to her conversations. I don't try to look through her stuff. I don't try to ask anybody else, did she do this or did she not? I trust her because she don't lie to me. She trusts me because I don't lie to her. If we got a problem, we deal with it, but we don't lie about it. We don't cover it up. Amen. And you, you can't put a price on that. Amen. I said you can't put a price on that. You have peace in your home. Yeah. You got security for you and for everybody around you. Now, you know, we're having this marriage meeting in a few days. Amen. And some people have wondered, I've had people ask me, well, Brother Keith, why don't you have a minister's meeting? I'd come to that. <clears throat> Well, why don't you be led? Ask the Lord what He wants you to do instead of thinking so much. If you don't have a strong marriage, you are not going to have a strong family. You are not going to have a strong ministry or a strong church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You and your wife don't trust each other. You got all kind of problems. You're lying to each other. Is that going to affect your ministry? Your church? All the people around you? You better believe it is in a big, huge way. If we're not stable, nothing around us is going to be stable. I need to be stable in my relationship with God. Strong. She needs to be stable in her relationship with God. We need to be stable in our relationship. Right? And if we got that, then we got something to build on. 
There should, there should be some things that your family can count on. And not have to wonder about and worry about. You being there and you being solid and you telling the truth is one of them. Can you say amen? amen. And that's what this said. I mean, this, this woman whose price is above money. That's verse 10. Verse, the very first thing it says about her is what? Her, her husband trusts her. That's the first thing in describing this woman that is beyond price. So sit out loud again. I know you may think I'm beating on this, but it's, it's, it's worthy of time. Sit out loud again. I'm trustworthy. God's made me so. By His grace, I'll not be a liar. I'll tell the truth. No matter what. Mean it. Verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Is that a good woman? Is that a good wife? Is that a good mother? Oh, my. Far above rubies. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. So, you know, in those days, most of the time you couldn't just run out and buy some clothes. Even up until recent times. Anybody here, uh, your mama made you some clothes? Let me see. Raise your hand. Your mama made you some clothes? Let me see if we date some folks. Anybody, your mama made you some clothes out of flower sacks? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Look at there. A lot of you laughing, but that's just because you don't know how it was. It was before your time, but... Hey, that's the, they, the market, they marketed flour that way to sell it because they knew people needed the material and there were some pretty nice flour bags came along. That's some prints on them, right? Yeah. And so mamas had to be seamstresses and how the kids looked, uh, had a lot to do with how good mama could sew. Well, Phyllis remembered. Uh, one of our fa- first big dates, come on up here, help me out with this. <laughs> one of our first big dates, uh, we were going to a prom, right? Mm-hmm. What would have been in, the 10th grade? 9th or 10th grade. Yeah, 9th or 10th grade. And of course, you know, prom, you want to be dressed right. And uh, I'm, I had asked her to go and, and, uh, she was able to go, and we were able to go, but we didn't. It wouldn't have been one of our first big dates. It would have just been one of our big fancy, first big fancy That's what dates. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, that's fancy what I mean. dress up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we needed something to wear. And both of our mothers came up to the plate and made us something to wear. Didn't you? Y'all remember that? Uh, we decided, of course, uh, these were the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, were so cool that this generation is going back and getting our stuff. <laughs> Have you noticed it? <laughs> I can't find nothing no better. I know, we were... We're major cool. Major cool. 
Well, anyway, we decided the way to go was, uh, what was the color? I had a, uh, found some material I liked. It was kind of a pinkish lavender. Lavender, yes, what it was. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I needed then, Mom helped me with this, of course, a crushed velvet lavender jacket. <laughs> and some white bell-bottom slacks. And some platform shoes, some white ones. <laughs> I know some people know what we're talking Yeah, look at that. Would you like to have a picture of that? We just happen to have one. Where, where is it? Can you put them up? <laughs> hey! Yeah, another shot. Hey. Check that jacket. Check that hair, yeah. That Phyllis is smiling. What? What's the next one? We got another one, right? Just, it was of me, I think. I don't know if they still have Yeah, you, if you have it, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What else? Is that, it. is that it? That's it. Yeah. Uh, mom, mothers, would y'all stand? My mom and Phyllis's mom. Yeah. Hey. Our mothers made those clothes for us so we could uh, be styling when we went to the, the banquet. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. And a godly mom does that. She seeks wool and flax. Well, that was the material of the day. And works willingly with her hands. And uh, she did that. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. No distance is too, too great. Verse 15, she rises also while it is yet night and gives meat or food to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now, nothing wrong with mom having some help. Maidens, plural. Plural, maidens helping mom. And says, well, I wish if I had money, I'd, I'd have some help. No, it ain't money you need. It's faith. You got to think right. You know, mind if I share something with you? Since I'm already doing it. Something the Lord dealt with me this, even this morning about, you know, we've gotten a couple of ugly grams about... Uh, us having nice stuff. And wasn't that a good letter, though, about the lady that's uh, got, you know, over receiving all the free materials. She's getting past all that stuff. And so she can be blessed. But, the, you know, people, I had a guy write me and say, you know, I don't even have a car. So why do you need an airplane? Well, that's the wrong, that's the wrong way to look at it. He should think if God give him a plane, surely he'll give me a car. 
And so what, what is happening is people are saying, well, well, I don't have a plane and he ain't no better than me. So what does he need one for? You think you're too good to ride the bus? You think you're too good to ride the airline? Must not. We did it for 20 something years. (laughs) Certainly not. But see, that's not the issue. What they're saying is that private plane is too good for you. Now, you know why they say that? Because they believe it's too good for them. And if it's too good for me, you ain't no better than me, then it's too good for you. It's too good for both of us. What if you could believe that it wasn't too good for you? Oh, do you see this now? And see, what people are doing is their faith is not there. So they try to drag you down with them instead of letting you help them get lifted up to a higher place. Well, I don't have any maidens helping me, so why do you need any? What you did is just judge yourself unworthy of help by judging somebody else's help. Oh, can you see this today? This will change your life if you get a hold of this. You have said that is too good for them. And why do you say that? Because you believe it's too good for you, which means you'll never have it. You've judged yourself unworthy of it. Don't do that. Don't judge another. You know, Brother Jesse Duplantis has said this. Uh, he said, don't judge my harvest and you don't know my seed. Right? And like with us, how many think we got every right to believe for an aircraft? We have sown an airplane to another ministry. Right? If we believe in sowing and reaping, we'd be remiss not to believe for our harvest. Right? And, and just in every area of life. Well, I, you know, I can't afford people to help me. I can't afford that. It's got nothing to do with afford. It's got to do with what you believe. Yes, right. And if you get your believing changed, everything else will change round about you. Can anybody testify that it's happened to you? You get your believing changed, things start changing in your life and around you. As a man thinks in his heart. That's how you'll be. Glory to God. Did you know God doesn't believe that there is any material thing that is too good for you? Did you know that? As far as he, you are the apple of his eye. He said, if you'll be willing and obedient, I will make you eat the best, the good of the land. There is no material thing that he considers to be too good for you. Why don't you agree with him? I said, why don't you agree with him? Said out loud, there is nothing nothing too good good for me. me. How's that sound to your ears? Does that sound funny to you? Part of you not want to say it? Then get your mind renewed. Say it out loud again. Let's say it three times. There is nothing too good for me. There is nothing too good for me. Now let's just stop right here. We're not saying you deserve it. I don't feel like I deserve it. You shouldn't feel like you deserve it. Well then why should we have it? God's good. 
Now, if you weren't here Friday night, you missed some good preaching. God, we, we started on this. God is good. You, you want to get in here and get with us now if you hadn't been coming. Come on, get in. You need to get your faith built up on this. We're talking about how good God is on Friday nights. And, of course, you can join in on uh, uh, the Internet as well if you're outside the state or wherever, outside the country. But uh, say it one more time. There is nothing, nothing. not anything, anything. too good good. for me. me. So when you really believe that and somebody gets something way nicer than you've ever got, you're just glad for them. Right? And you believe that if you would like to have one and believe God, you could have it too. It keeps you from being judgmental, keeps you from being bitter, keeps you from being just generally annoying. Right? Don't judge somebody else's blessing and find fault. And... No, come on, join us. Come on, get in with us. Get blessed too. Maidens. Hmm? How many like some help? There's some people that need to help. It's their ministry, and you know you got, you're not letting them help, so uh, it's important. Uh, verse 16: She considers a field and buys it. Must have some money. How many think Mama ought to have some money? Mama's that was weak. That was man, that was a place to. How many think Mamas ought to have some money there? Yeah, their their own money. But now, mamas, who's your source? Not daddy. Not anybody else. God, you source. I know Phyllis and I, in the beginning days of our marriage and ministry, we, we didn't have anything. We were really tight. And so year after year in the ministry, we were tight, we were tight, and we finally begin to learn about God's principles of tithing and sowing and reaping and these kind of things begin to come out. And I'd, I'd tell her once in a while, you know, I'd say, hey, I said, just, just hang in here with me. And I said, one of these days, we're going to have a Phyllis account. She said, what's that for? I said, for Phyllis. <laughs> so what do I do with it? I said, anything you want to do with it. Not bills. Not, you know, just just you. You want to blow it all on hats <laughs> or shoes or, you know, it's your money. And uh, you don't have to tell me what you want to do with anything. That, that's your money. Well, it was uh, decades before we got to that place. But believe in God and sowing, now we have a Phyllis account. Amen. 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 And... Uh, that's right. Mama here had money, right? And she she went. Now, that's not just somebody else. Now, she herself went and looked at some real estate, didn't she? And she said, you know, I like that. I think that's a good investment. I'll take it. And she she bought it. She did with her money. Is that right? And the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. So she took it and she improved it. And then, of course, she, she made money off the fruit. And then she sold it and made a bunch of money when she sold it. 
Now, you know, some people, bless their hearts, they, they try to talk about man's ahead of the house, and he should be. Uh, but, you know, they, they leave the impression that the woman is supposed to be barefoot and pregnant and can't even ask a question and, and, and you know, is the man's doormat and, and just basically, you know, has no say. And, and, and that's, that's so far from the Bible. Do you hear this woman here? This woman has it going on. I mean, she, she's, you go see it later. She's very attractive. She's good looking. She's a good mama. She's a good wife. She's a good businesswoman. She's making money in these deals, and the Bible said her husband is known when he sits in the gates. And, you know, and he comes in, and she says, honey, you know that piece of property I bought? He said, yeah. She said, I sold that and made 800000 on it today. He said, you did? She said, yes, I did. He says, truly, it is written. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Some people have preached, but it's Bible. I said it's Bible. Verse 17, she girds her loins with strength and she strengthens her arms and she perceives that her merchandise is good and her candle goes not out by night. How many know some moms put in some hours? Oh, man. People say, well, you know, what, what do you do? Well, I don't work. I'm just a mom. Uh, yeah, you work. All night and all day, right? Her candle doesn't go out. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She's not afraid to work. You know, people talk about being a lady. And some people think being a lady means getting persnickety. Can't get your hands dirty. No, I just had my nails done. I'm sorry. No. Or to come up to a door and stand there and go. You're not going to open that door for me? That is not a lady. That's a snob. A real woman of God lady is not afraid to work. Not afraid to get her hands dirty. Are you listening? Not afraid to roll up her sleeves and get right in there and get it done. Do what it takes to get it done. Of course with grace. But get it done. That's what it said. She stretches out her hand to the poor. How many know you got to have ability? you got to have resources. And of course that's one thing you can do with all that money you made from that real estate deal. Right? You know. When people who say they don't believe in prosperity, they just got through saying they don't believe in helping the poor. Do you see how mixed up this is? Because people will say, oh, y'all are not claim for all those things and believe for all those things. You know, you ought to help the poor. <laughs> how are you going to help the poor and you poor? Did you get that? Do you ever get tired of hearing that junk? I'm... I guess maybe I hear it more than you do, but people say, oh, yeah, you don't want to do that, you know. No, I don't believe in all that getting rich stuff. You know, you ought to be helping the poor. <laughs> it is stupid, Mo, it is. 
You know, we have had people. Now, this I'm not exactly. We've had people that, that left us because they said they didn't agree with the prosperity message. And months later, call and ask us for financial help. That doesn't make sense, does it? We ought not be rich or to help the poor. Need I say any more? You've got, you can't give what you don't have. The more you have, the more you can do. Right? And so she is making all this money and she now is stretching out her hand to the poor. She's doing something for people. She's reaching forth her hands to the needy. Why? Because they are pulling down big bucks. And they can do it. And it's the will of God. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. Now a godly mother plans ahead. And doesn't wait till the last minute. Thank you for those two amens. A godly mother, a godly woman of the house plans ahead. And is thinking into next year. Right? And it's, it's thinking ahead. Plan, you don't wait till it gets cold and your babies don't have enough clothes. And you go, wow, you know, uh, we need some clothes. Hey, it, it got cold last year. And it got cold the year before. It gets cold every year. And if you wait and get caught unprepared, it's because you're not diligent. You're not doing what you should be doing. And so she's not afraid. Of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes her coverings. Well, scarlet, I, I mean, that's not too far from lavender, is it? <laughs> she makes her coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Now, I know that's close. That's real close to lavender. Man, we're scriptural, mamas. We're, yeah. Her husband is known in the gates. We were known when we come styling in that lavender stuff, weren't we? <laughs> hey. Her clothing is silk and purple. Is this talking about nice stuff? Yes. You know, some people take the phrase and say, you know, let the women be adorned with modest apparel. And uh, try to act like. You know, for some way, some some religions, they have actually taken that word modest out, and then it, they don't say it, but that's the way they all understand it. They put in there, ugly. <laughs> Let the women be adorned in ugly apparel. <laughs> you know what modest is? Modest is not too low, not too short, not too thin, not too tight. But after that, why can't it look good? Why can't it be nice? She was. Come on, look in here now. She was. She makes herself. Now, all her family's taken care of. We've already seen that. Her, her family, she, she put them first. They're taken care of. But also now, she got for herself. Coverings of tapestry. Now, that's nice stuff. That's nice stuff. And her clothing is what? Silk, and that's the nicest of the nice of the day. This this was money of the day. 
Glory. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. I think that, you know, you got to hook up the verses before. I think one thing is because he's dressed nice too and because of who he is and also because of who she is. You know, the Bible said the woman is the glory of the man. He's known in the gates. When she comes to see him or bring him something, all the men look up and go, Whoo, who's that? That's so-and-so's wife. Wow. And he goes, yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> and uh, verse 24, she makes fine linen and sells it. Delivers girdles to the merchant. So she's in uh, the garment business. She's in the real estate, right? She's in the garment business. She's in retail, wholesale, right? But her house is is not neglected. That was weak. See, the world would tell mothers, you got to choose between your family and your marriage and your career. It's a lie. That's too weak, guys. That's too weak. Do not believe the world's lie. That if I'm, a, you know, there are uh, women and young women who, uh, even married uh, women, young women that get pregnant and they want to have an abortion because they figure that this child's going to ruin their life. Because they have been completely convinced, I can't be a woman of means, and I can't be a mover and a shaker, and I can't have a career with a baby hanging on my hip. That's because you believe lies. I said you believe lies. Family's more important than career. Man or woman. Y'all not helping me quite enough with this now. You know what? The devil has lied. And, and, and people believe what the world believes. This woman, did she have a career? Yes. Did she have a family? Yes. Did one suffer because of the other? No. no. Can you have it all? Yes. When you're a believer, you can have it all. Yes. You can have it all. I know millions of Christians don't believe it, but you can have a wonderful marriage. You can have wonderful kids. You can have a wonderful home. You can have all kind of help. You can have money. You can have businesses. You can have it all if you believe God. All things are possible to him or her that believes. But your priorities have to be right. You can't put anything ahead of God. And you never put your business ahead of your family. Now you put your ministry because God's first. Right? But when you're doing it the way he told you, everybody's going to be taken care of. It's going to work. When people are hurting and suffering and things are not getting done, it's because you're not doing what he told you to do. It's not getting done right. Say, I can have it all. With God, With God, I can have it all. all. Said she, uh, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She's not just a yacker. She doesn't just talk, 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 talk. She doesn't just run her mouth. 
When she opens her mouth, what comes out? Not a bunch of foolishness. Not a bunch of selfishness. Not a bunch of my problems. Not a bunch of... What comes out? Wisdom. And in her tongue is what? Law of kindness. Love and grace and wisdom. Thanks be unto God. She looks well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. See, the, the reason why a lot of times people, they, they, they want to believe the lie, I can't have a family and a career, is because they're lazy. And selfish. She don't eat the bread of idleness. Man, it, it takes it. Both a man of God and a man of woman and a good husband, a good wife, a good daddy, a good uh, father, good mother. It takes it. You have to put in the time. Right? You have to do it when you don't feel like it. You have to do it when you're tired. You have to believe God for strength. You have to believe God for grace. But you can have it all. I said you can have it all. If you're willing to do it. If you're willing to be unselfish. And if you're willing to work. Everybody say work. I mean, work at home, work on the job, work for you really to get up early, stay up late, do what it takes, get it done. He'll strengthen you. You can do all things through him. He winds up by saying, many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears, we can say honors and respects the Lord, she shall be praised. Beauty is a fleeting thing, but this lasts forever. Give her of the fruit of her hands. What does that mean? How many of you, your your mama helped you, helped you get dressed, helped feed you, helped take care of you? You are some fruit from her. Right? She ought to enjoy some of that fruit. It's perfectly right for you to bless Mama, and honor mom and daddy and, and do things for them, isn't it? In verse 31, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's what we're doing today. I said, that's what we're doing today. I just stirred you up about it this morning. Now you can go do it this afternoon. Tomorrow and the next day and. The next day and the next day, I believe some things are coming up in this area. We're making some necessary adjustments and changes. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Lift up your hands, begin to praise the Lord, please. Father, we bless you. We give you glory today because you are so good. Thank you for showing us how to live, how to think, how things are supposed to be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 